people reader for years because that's what you do when you stand up here. And I look out and I think some people can't sing because it doesn't mesh with what's going on in their life. It just doesn't seem to mesh. We, we, we sing about God being good and we talk about God being holy and we know that we're not totally holy and we don't know what to do about that. We feel like hypocrites that all week long we're just going 100 miles an hour in a direction and, we, and all of a sudden we're just, we're, we're forced and faced with the fact that I really need to think about God for a few minutes here this morning. As I was on my computer last night preparing for today, my screen opened up to all kinds of buildings being lit up in rainbow colors. Celebrating Gay Pride Week. And I was sharing earlier with the praise band. It's almost like, it's almost like we're telling people, you have to be happy about this. And then when somebody challenges us to actually think about being proud about rubbing against the word of God or rubbing against culture, it just puts us in a state of confusion. And last week, uh, a lost person came to the service and thought that I was being mean by just speaking about the issues that we're faced with today. Does God love gay people? Without a question, he loves gay people. Is he proud about what's happening in our nation? Because it used to be LGBT, and now it's LGBTQI+. If you look it up online. Celebrating 50 years of openly gayness in our country, LGBTQI+. So I just typed in, what does plus mean? in the LGBT community. And it said it's open to whatever type of sex you feel inclined to. God did not design us to have sex. He designed us to glorify himself. Jesus talks very little about sex at all. The only thing I could think of is when he says to the woman who comes to him caught in adultery, he says, go out and don't sin anymore. Does he really, do you honestly, follow with me today, and you might actually get something. Do you honestly think that he thought that she was going to leave there and go out and never sin again? Because I don't think he would expect us to be that stupid. Do you know how many times you've, you've tried to have victory over demonic attacks? Over all these things that come into your life? Do you have any idea how many times you've actually said, I'm never doing that again, and yet you found that within 24 hours you were back to the same deal, whatever it was. If that's the case, if he expects us to go out and never sin again, we're in big trouble. And I know you think I might be crazy for sharing from this book week after week, but I digest things. I have to chew on them and digest it. And he talks in chapter 4 about linear thinking. Linear thinking, thinking in a line. And I preach all the time. It's a long obedience in the same direction. But how does that conflict with linear thinking? 
it conflicts with linear thinking in this respect, that once that's the only way you can think, we're in trouble. That everything must line up with the way you think. Because all of us come into this service today, and we have different things going through our mind, and we are not going to agree on everything. It doesn't mean that you need to run away. It doesn't mean that I need to be upset with you. It doesn't mean that you should turn against your children because they're gay. What mother and father would ever disown their children for being gay? So what the gay community has to do is force us into accepting with pride the life that they feel they want to live. And I actually think that they think and believe they were born that way and there's nothing they could do about it. And it rubs against culture and society and so they live in constant defeat and self-hate. So my message today is how will your story end? If you've lived as long as I live, have lived, you will understand this. There'll be a ton of disappointments in life. If you focus on those, you'll struggle. You'll not make it. Yes. A lady came to a famous violinist once. She went to his concert. She was so impressed, and she was a beginner violinist, and she was so very impressed that she went up to him and said, I would just give my entire life to play as well as you play. There's a long pause, and he said, I did. You want to be different? You want to understand it all? You want to try to figure out what success in life really is? Because I think that every movie star that was in that little video clip that I picked, every one of them has fought for success in their life and been through so many challenges to get to the point to they're a great actor or actress. And along the way, they felt like quitting a million times, as have I in ministry and as have you in your life. I could, pray, I could preach till I'm blue in the face about poor decisions and poor choices that we make. All it does is drive us into a hole, a deeper hole. Because then... It's that linear view of life, that legalistic stay right on, stay right on the road, dot all your I's and cross all your T's correctly, or you're just a worthless piece of trash. And that is not what Jesus said. Jesus rarely, on any occasion that I could think of, spoke about sexual issues. Do I think that he's proud of all the people that want us to be proud that they're gay? No, because I don't think any of them are gay or happy. I think they're sad because I know tons of them. But what they want and you want and I want is love. All of us are searching for the same thing, and it creates such division in our lives. And we look at life and we just think, well, I want, I want happiness. Can I have it right now? If I leave the service today, will I actually feel good and happy about myself? If I get saved, will I be happy about myself? I, I would say this. If you accept Christ into your life, it is not the key to instant happiness. Not a button you press. It is a long obedience with a lot of deviations off the road, which aren't all bad. With a lot of disappointments and things that come into your life, 
that literally you think, I can't make it through this. I am going to die. I, I, don't, I just don't think I can make it through this. I don't know what to do. I, I just feel like it's over for us. It's over. My life is ruined. No one will ever respect me. I'm going to lose my marriage. I'm going to lose my kids. I'm going to lose my job. And you, and you just say, what the heck? Just throw in the towel. It's over. And God is saying, no, get back on that path. That was actually good for you. It will make you appreciate the other people who have deviated off the path. I grew up in the Baptist church. It was very legalistic. All my siblings, my mother and father, all deviated because they couldn't follow that linear path perfectly, and other people condemn you when you can't. We should not try to castigate people and pronounce judgment on them because they don't fit into our box, and I quite often find myself guilty of that. How's it all going to turn out? You know, it's, it's up in the air for most of us. A lot of people think that this war will be over soon. You fought it long enough, and now this thing is going to be done with, and you won't do that anymore. And it reminds me of all the wars because we're on the verge of going to war with Iran. And I actually, I, I'm actually very excited about the position that our president took. I actually am. Because I heard Rush Limbaugh saying, yes, you can't listen to the Pat Buchanans who would say, take a neutral position and don't take us into war. And then he's got all the warmongers out there, those people, and he's got the other people that think we cannot go to war because he promised us in his speeches before he got elected as president that we would not go back into that same trap of being sucked into a war. And I would think that the Democrats would love nothing more than for us to go to war so that they could come against the president. And the Republicans want him to go to war, not thinking about the ramifications of this, because none of us want to see needless deaths. If you think about all the people that die, war is stupid. I'm not a pacifist. I think war is stupid. We should stay out as long as we can. You honestly think the Iranians wouldn't love us to go to war with them so they could slaughter us because that is their goal? Well, of course they'd want us to go to war. Do you realize that in all the wars that America has faced, Revolutionary War, we lost 4,400. The War of 1812, 2260. Indian Wars, 1,000. Mexican War, 13,000. The Civil War, 498,000. Spanish-American War, 2,446. World War I, 116,000 men died. World War II, 405,000. Korean War, 54,000. Vietnam War, 90,000. Persian Gulf War, 1,500. Uh, global War on Terrorism so far, we've lost 6,500 young men. And I'll guarantee you what matters to every mother and father the loss of their child is what matters. Yes, it is. I don't want to lose my kid. Neither do you. And we're losing them. We're in a war and we're losing them. And we can't even figure out why. Why am I losing my children? Why is my marriage falling apart? Why are all these things happening in my life? My son and I, since I have a son who really loves athletics, we were watching the NBA draft the other night. And we were just talking about these young 18, 19-year-old guys that are getting selected by a team to be on their team. And the, the pay adjustment that is going to come in their life is astronomical. But that's not what's important. What I'm trying to say is this. When each individual young man was, was interviewed, 
the, the lady interviewing me, she said, what do you think about this? What do you feel about this? How did you get, did you ever see yourself getting to this spot? And how did you get there? And they all kind of just shook their head, even though they had these ridiculously wild suits on because they tried to outdo each other. You know what I'm saying? They're like crazy. It's like something that Dirk would wear. No. I only said that because I see you, Dirk. The last thing Dirk would wear, probably. <laughs> but there's a little competition going on there, you know. And, and he said, well, did you ever see yourself getting here? And how do you think you got there? And almost inevitably, they all said this, through hard work. Through hard work. Yes, genetics did have a part in it. Yes. If we're honest, genetics had a part in it. When you're seven foot six, you know, you seven foot eight, you just tower over everybody and go throw it up here, guys. Short guys don't play basketball real well, usually. And all the short guys are going to come up to me and say, what do you mean? I told you my best friend in high school, his name was Teddy Stewart, and he trained himself to not be short by walking tall. See what I'm saying? It's way, it's way taller up here than it is down here. All the sharp guys are going, I don't like him. It's a curse. Welcome back home, Dan. I got Dan and Dan. Aren't you Dan too? Dan the man right behind you is my friend, my new friend that accepted Jesus Monday night. Right, bud? Yeah, after men's Bible study. See, we all want to be the guy that gets paid a million dollars, but we don't want to, be, want to be the guy that is shooting hoops every day, every day, every day, all the time, all the time, all the time. He's always practicing, always playing. Always. He, has a, he has a goal in mind. He is focused on the end and how it's going to end. And he's enjoying doing it. The problem with too many Christians is, yeah, we're trying to live for God, but we're not enjoying it at all. We see it as God is taking everything away from me that is fun. God is sucking out of me. It's such a drudgery to go to church. It's such a drudgery to have to live the Christian life. I say don't be distracted by what people will tell you because I grew up in the Baptist church, which was very linear, very legalistic. And if you fell outside of that little legalistic path, you were pretty much condemned. Other people in here did too. And you're defeated today and you don't even know where it began or how you got there. I want to say this to everybody that's come in the room this morning, whether I get through my message or not, it's important. This is what is important. You are going through something right now. You are struggling with something and God wants to be there with you. And maybe you're just off the path a little bit, but God doesn't care. Maybe you've deviated from the linear approach that your church has taught as you were growing up. I am not saying God puts his approval on or loves everything that we do, but I will say this. God does love us, right? Yes, absolutely. We want to win the fight without training for battle. It's pretty simple. See, we have a history of being at war with ourselves. Right now in this room, a great majority of people in the room are not at war with other people as much as you're at war with yourself. And there is no peace because we do not know peace. 
We don't even know what that is. We don't even know what it looks like. So there's tension in your marriage. There's tension in your family. There's tension in your business that there is such a tension all around you that you've almost become toxic. And God says, okay, you, you hear you're listening to me? God says, you need to let it go. You need to let it go. Start loving life and loving other people. Start right in your own house. Let it go. You're on the path of self-destruction if you don't. You don't need to be perfect. God doesn't say, I expect you to be perfect. James actually addressed the issue. He said, from whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence even of your lusts that war in your members? We get so, you know, when I see all these skyscrapers lit up in rainbow colors, I think to myself, what's happened to us as a nation? It's scary. It has happened so rapidly, and there is no turning back. If you offend LGBTQI plus, you are in trouble. I just read last night that California is on the verge of passing a law that would make every single pastor and preacher accountable for every word that they said in their services. That will be the end of preaching. Every single word. New York State this week passed a law saying that it will be required of insurance companies to pay for sex changes for children. So my kid can just turn me in and say my parents won't let me have the sex change I want and I want to have this because I think I might like being this better. I read last night that, uh, that Tony Perkins was saying on the Family Research Council that now all the boys that want to run in a race or compete in athletics as a female are allowed to do it. And how is that fair to females? When you were physically made a male. You know, when, I, when everything gets out of control like it is, let me just say this to people in the room, because almost inevitably, every time we have a service now, people want us to pray over demons that they have. Every time we have a service, all week long, every single Monday night, there are guys that come and say, I just, I feel like I have this demon. You have allowed them in your life and in your house and in your marriage and in your children and in your mind for so long that they will not come out easy. If you think that Satan is not the master of destroying your life, you are wrong. He's working right now to make somebody offended right now, right this second. If you had to stand up here like I do every week and actually care if the Holy Spirit was working or not, because it's not about the show that we just had. We can't just hype you up and get you, oh, that was just great worship today. Are we even worshiping God yet? Are we actually saying, God, please speak to me today? Help me, God. Help me. I need your direction in my life. You already know that he has forgiven you of all your sin. Do you not? If you're a child of God, there's now no, 
now therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. That's already taken care of. So why are we living like we don't have victory in our lives when we can have victory by our choices? We can. We ignore God. Solomon actually said this, there's a time for war and a time for peace. I like, I mentioned this just a few moments ago, I like what Trump said. He said, how many, he asked his generals, how many casualties will there be if we bomb Iran? They thought there would be about 150, and he said, then we will not do it because a drone does not compare to 150 lives. And I say, bravo, Donald Trump. Yes, a drone does not compare to 150 lives. If it's one of your family, would you want them killed? Are they responsible for all the decisions that are being made in their government? And I'm not saying this to make us some kind of peaceniks. I already lived through that whole hippie thing. That is freaky. Only good thing about that age was I had long hair. See, this had a lot of hair on it. It almost looked like Moses tries to look. With his, you have braids today, don't you, or something? Oh, just the, just the bun. I think buns are cool, don't you? <laughs> Duffy, look at look in the mirror. <laughs> yeah, don't ask the person like me who has no hair. Okay, but but during that whole hippie thing, I'm thinking to myself, come on, smile on your brother. Everybody get together and love one another right now. Let's have a big peace fest. And all the preachers were saying, the peace symbol is the broken cross. It's upside down. A Christian should not be wearing it. I was just rebellious enough to wear it. You go through all these phases. The peace can only come if it's actually fought for. You've got to fight. I guarantee you and I promise you that some of you are sitting in the room thinking, as long as I believe in Jesus, I'm good. It's all good. I be I've believed in Jesus my whole life. But the Bible says the devil believes and trembles. There must be an encounter face-to-face -face with Jesus where the Holy Spirit actually comes into you, and now you have some power to overcome. Yes. Hmm. Job said this. What I feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. I have no peace, no quietness. I have no rest, but only turmoil. I would dare say that that's most of the people in the room. You're all bent about something today. You can't even listen. You can't, it's not, none of this is registering. You've heard it over and over. And I say to myself, why even get up there and talk? Nobody will even remember what I spoke about today. But during this moment, God is actually working on somebody. He is. He's actually trying to move you off of that linear path in a way that you don't think. He's trying to make some of you realize you need to get the power of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You are living as a lost person who thinks they're found. Are you living with demons that have been in your life since you were a tiny child? Someone molested you and you are letting that dictate who you have become? Really? You tell Satan, get out. You're not welcome here. This is the temple of the Holy Spirit of God. I will be victorious today. Amen? Yeah. 
I will have victory today. Yes, thank you, ladies. I will have victory because I have Christ living in me. You can't win a war if you're not willing to fight. Do you know that our country is the country that has the most overseas intervention of wars in the entire world? We're invested all over the place. Oh, let's send another 1,000 troops over to Iran. You know when it says 1,000 troops, it's talking to about 1,000 babies. 1,000 of your babies. When I went to Vietnam my first time and brought 50 people and the bus stopped, we went from the bottom of the country to the top of the country and the bus stopped because we had 14 vets with us. And they said, stop here, please, stop. And we're all thinking, what, what the world? We're on this cliff and right below us is all this... It's a great drop-off there, and there's all kinds of foliage there. It's a very tropical country, period. And one of the vets was standing there crying, and, and we finally asked him, what happened here that you remember? And he said, I remember my buddies. We were embedded in this cliff with mud all over us and leaves on our bodies, and we were in the cliff, and we were to kill other people here. And he said, the bodies were so high that when a helicopter came, they could literally pick them off the top of the pile. So many people have died in war. Where do wars come from? And we have become a very tribal people. We're a very, very tribal people. We like to hang with people who think like us. And so our nation is very, very divided. Our nation is extremely divided by whether what group you are in. Are you in the L, B, Q, T, blah, 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 Y, and Z? The plus is open to anyone, anyone else who feels like they don't fit, and that's a lot of people in this room. You So you spend all your earlier years trying to figure out who you are and what has happened along the path will help dictate So we invent lives, and our inventions be betray our intentions. We mean well, but we invent this story that's not even our real story. We're always trying to reinvent ourselves, reinvent yourself so that the story is different than it really is. And I want to say this this morning, throw all of those ridiculous stories out and understand the love of God. Love of God, love of God this morning, come down like fresh rain on everybody in the room, including me. When I'm praying over people and they say they, they, they feel demonic influence in their life, I always ask this, please, God, do not allow these demons to jump to me, my wife, my children, my house, my friends, this church, because they will. They will jump. They'll leave one and go to another person. We have to overcome, not be overtakers, but overcomers. Not undertakers trying to kill people, but overcomers. I pray that our nation would become a, a nation of peace. That we could actually bring peace to the world instead of more trouble and more hatred. The Bible says they overcame through the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. You want to have victory right now? Because I sense that some people in the room are not getting victory. Close your eyes. Pretend you're sleeping. Spirit is still working.
They overcame through the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I want to give a testimony this morning. I am saved by the blood of the lamb, and no one can take it away. Enemy cannot have me. You cannot have my wife. You cannot have my family. You cannot have my marriage. You should say this today out loud. You should say this today when you leave. You are not welcome to my wife or my husband or my children or, or my life, period. Get out. You cannot have us. Yes, correct? You are not allowed in our house. Get out. Because it will come in through the music your kids choose. I said this to my wife. I would never allow my, my son, who is 14 years old, to go away without my, me being there for any protected period of time because somebody's going to be influencing him. And you are not understanding this. If I don't get anything else across, I want to say this. You should know everyone that is connected to your children and be able to trust them, that they are not going to do something to your kids. Yes, 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 yes. And that may not apply to everybody, but it does apply to some. How many in here right now can honestly say you are praying the blessing and protection of God on your children on a daily basis? Raise your hand. It should be all of us that have kids. Should it not? My little granddaughter, Selah, back there, and even the one that's in Lexi's womb, we pray that God would make them understand the gospel that Jesus loves them, the good news that God loves them, right? It's never too late. I'm looking at you, my friend, Chad. Live the tough life, and I forget your, what? Jaina? Jada, that's a cool name. Because you've lived a pretty rough life. And I'm so glad you're here. I actually this morning prayed that you guys would come. Because he's lived a rough life. But you do, and I can watch when I'm preaching. I can see who it's, who's agreeing with me. They're, their eyes are saying yes. Aren't they? Don't you want to see your kids with you and be able to raise them and have the power of God in your life? Do not give up. Pray till it happens. Take back what Satan took away. Yes. Get back the years that the locusts have stolen from you. Get it back right now. In Jesus' name, pray, I want back what the enemy has taken from me. We aren't seeing any power in our lives in our churches, and so our kids are bored out of their mind. They're sleeping through the power of God. They're missing out. We, we do not have peace. The goal of America has to be peace. Dwight O. Moody said this, history is yet to see one person who is fully devoted to God, totally surrendered to God. And then he went on to say this, let me be that man. Let me be that man. Let you be that woman. Don't live in fear and sadness and thinking about negatively about the past. Think by the power of God, I am a warrior. I have overcome. The warrior is not formed by what has been done and what can't be done. The heart of the warrior is formed by what must be done. Not what has been done. Or you'll say, well, in the olden days in the church, we didn't do this, we didn't do that. We are not living in the olden days. We live in a new day. We live in an age of of LBGTQI+, and the plus is wide open, and our, our children are exposed to this all the time. And you don't fight the enemy by having Christian schools. I think they did more damage than good, and I'm sorry to offend you, but that's how I feel. I think they did more damage than good. We should be teaching our kids to live in spite of the negative things that are working against them to live for Jesus Christ. So... I, I want to mention just real quickly some people that I think were overcomers and made a difference. David, I call him the aggressor. I think I'm on a lot like David. 
I wasn't popular. I wasn't athletic. I wasn't liked at all, all the way through school. I was tripped every time I would run across to go to the, the gymnasium. I'm not saying that to have a pity party because I'm amazing now. There you go. And so, and so all, the, all the people in the room that are like, I told you he was a narcissistic jerk. You win, okay? I just, I just mentioned a few problems that David had. Yeah, David killed the Philistine giant. Yeah, he did. He's, he's great. And when you look at the NBA and you see the, the height of the guys, you just think to yourself, man, would I love to be that tall. You, you think, you'd think, it'd be awesome, man, if you could be that tall. But God didn't make you to be that tall. God made you to be the way you are. David had, he had strengths, but he also had weaknesses. He coveted by looking at a woman who had every right to bathe on her rooftop because that's the way it operated those days. And he coveted that wife instead of what he already had. He committed adultery with her. He stole, literally stole from her husband, his wife. I, I just interject this here. Every time we think it's okay to have an affair with somebody outside of our own relationship and it wrecks our marriage, you're also wrecking your kids. Yes, you are. God is against divorce. Yeah, we have many, many divorced people in the room. My heart goes out to them. It is not easy to go through divorce, but I'm saying this for everyone who isn't. Don't. Don't. Right? Stacy helps me now on Thursdays as I prepare my mentoring lunch. And I just asked her, how's your brother Scott doing? Because Nick was in his wedding and some other guys were in his wedding. It was, what, how many years ago? Like six, seven years ago. And she said, well, they're going through divorce. And I'm like, oh. God, oh, that makes me mad. Oh, it just makes me just furious. How did we get there? He loved her. She loved him, right? And Stacy sits here weeping right now. So we're going to pray that a miracle transpires and that they stay together. Yes. Nick or I will talk to them. We'll pray against the enemy. The enemy wants to wreck your life. He wants to tear apart, rip apart that which God has put together. If you are struggling in your marriage this morning, please listen. If you are struggling in your marriage, because one of the people in our church who's in this room last night texted me at 1030 and said, you know, my wife and I are just going through this right now and blah, 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 blah. And I said, I said exactly what I said to myself 10 years ago when my wife was going through menopause, I'm sticking with my wife forever, no matter what. Because that was, whew, Jesus, take the wheel. Jesus, take the wheel. Kick me in the heel. Oh. If you've been through this, you know what I'm talking about. Huh? You know what I'm talking about. You're damned if you do, and you're damned if you don't, and you do, da-da-da, and you, oh, my God. And all the guys that are in their 30s and their wives are in their 30s are going, you're just exaggerating. Stick around. Yes, stick around, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about here. Women don't want to have to go through that. Maybe you should lighten up. Hey, 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 guys. Maybe you should lighten up and say a few nice things to your wife and tell her how valuable she is to you. And you say, no, I can't do that because she treats me like crap. 
maybe you deserve it. Maybe you don't. Maybe you do and maybe you don't. But the, the fact of the matter is, everybody wants to be loved. Don't you? This is why I see the rainbow colors on the skyscrapers and I think to myself, the very worst thing I could do is hate. Very worst. Yeah? We're tracking together. I know we are. Very worst thing you could do for those kids is hate. They do not understand it. You will not understand when marriage problems come. You will not understand. And I said to the person last night, and I say it today, look at what needs to change in your own life. That'll show that you love them. Yeah. Look and see what needs to change in your own life. David was in the wrong place at the wrong time. He was an aggressor. He coveted, committed adultery, stole, lied, and then murdered. Because sin has this digressive path. It always degenerates and becomes worse. That's why I say, to, I say to all of you who are parents, be consistent. Have guidelines for your kids. Yes. Do not trust anyone to take your kid and lead them outside of yourself. My son came back from wrestling camp. I guarantee you, my wife and I were praying the whole time he was gone, weren't we? We love him. Why would you put your child in the hands of anyone else for any period of time that you didn't know? Well, that wasn't a born-again believer. Because they're going to take them on a different path. You're losing your kids early on because you're entrusting them to people that you don't even know. Elijah was my second guy. I say he's the workaholic. He's me, too. I love working. I do. I, I, I feel worthless without working. You know? Now, today is Sunday, and normally on Sunday afternoons, and since we don't have Sunday night church anymore, I'm like, what the heck am I going to do? Mow my lawn? I, I, I did that years ago just to agitate the Christian Reformed people. I did. You, you know how I'm wired. Some of you are going, I told you he's mean. No, I told you he's mean. We, I went to the most conservative Bible college you could ever find. You, you had to wear a suit on Sunday. Are they crazy? How do you take a nap in a suit? There were guys playing football in the square in suits, ringing wet. I'm like, this is messed up. The college we went to believed that a woman's hair must be long because the Bible says a woman's hair must be long. So they kind of, they kind of altered that a little bit by saying, or she must wear a head covering. My wife is rebellious. They meant a hat. And my wife, and then they finally approved bows. The size of the bows on my wife's head got smaller and smaller. <laughs> right, hon? <laughs> because it's absolutely asinine, stupid nonsensical thing. I don't even think that we should spend our time fighting things that make no difference in the eternal life of anyone. Are you with me? That is so ridiculously nonsensical in my mind that we would fight over that kind of stuff. It's, it's killing our churches. It's killing our kids. What about Elijah? He should have known that God is powerful. He caused the rain to stop for more than three years. 
He was fed by ravens. He saw a limitless jar of flour and a jug of oil just keep going and going and going. He witnessed a, wi a, a widow's son's resurrection. He beat the prophets of Baal by calling down fire from heaven. And yet, even after all the miracles that God did, and you know that God has done miracles in your life, after all of these supernatural, powerful things that God did, we still question God. 1 Kings 19 says this, Now Ahab told Jezebel everything Elijah had done and how he had killed all the prophets with the sword. And so Jezebel sent a message to Elijah to say, May the gods deal with me, be it ever so severely, if by this time tomorrow I do not make your life like that of one of them. Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. One of the greatest prophets in all time. But if you get up here, listen, I should walk back here because it will wake a few people up. If you get up, seriously, get up and realize how powerful God is, those things will change. God powerful? I saw people not even raise their hand. You weren't supposed to. Tricked you, didn't I? Stephen Katie, is God powerful? She was looking over at him like this. Okay, I know he's like Burt Reynolds. You even know who Burt Reynolds is? You do. He's like, like ugly now. <laughs> you know, it, isn't it funny how when we get old we get ugly and we don't even try? <laughs> Are you with me, Dan? Yeah. Am I stupid? Not much, he says. But you've only been saved since Monday night, so. <laughs> Don't you honestly think that God does have a sense of humor and, and how he puts up with us and all our ridiculous stuff? Elijah should have known that all these things were happening, and he should have known that when they happen, people don't like seeing miracles happen in other people's lives. You following me? They want it in their life. I don't like seeing it in everyone else. Send it to my house. But every great warrior knows that every great endeavor comes with great opposition, doesn't it? If you're going to change. And then there's the Apostle Paul. I call him the guy with the bad past. Yes, Acts 8.1. And Saul was there giving approval to Stephen's death. On that day, a great persecution broke out, broke out against the church in Jerusalem. All except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. I don't have much time left. This is a fact. Paul murdered Christians. And God had a supernatural experience happen in his life so that it would completely change. I'm not asking you to raise your hand, but how many of you think that your past, don't raise your hand, your past is so great that you do not know if you can overcome it. You don't know, and you're weighing it in the balance right now. I don't think I'll ever be able to have total victory over these things, and God is saying, Get up and get up and get up. Get up and get those feet to dancing because God is able to do anything. He's able to do exceeding abundantly above what we ask or think. You stopped praying. Start praying again for your marriage. Start praying again for your kids. Start submitting to God and see if he doesn't do something supernatural. You with me? Yes. Paul just thought my past is bad. Maybe I'll never be able to be victorious in it, but God gave him wisdom. Before any of us can fight for freedom, we have to choose to live free. Wisdom is better than strength. 
John Mark, you don't even know about John Mark, so I had to mention him. I know I had to finish in about three minutes here. I'm way over already, and some of you are saying, I thought the church was 46 minutes. We were told that the service was one hour and 14 minutes. And yes, I know that Nick did a lot of praising God, excessive praising today. <laughs> I thought it was awesome. I thought, just keep it going, man. Yeah. Spirit break out, right? Break the walls down. Come on now, everybody in the house. We're going to get a little Pentecostal here. Spirit break out. Set my feet to dance in. Spirit, and some of you are like, this is stupid. It's really, really stupid. We already did the singing. I hate singing. <laughs> Seriously. You don't even remember John Mark, who is really John, but to identify this John, he had to be called John Mark. John Mark was hanging out with the Apostle Paul. And it says, from Paphos, Paul and his companions sailed to Perga in Pamphylia, where John left them to return to Jerusalem. This is one you didn't expect this morning, but I've experienced this, and the devil will use this. People will leave your life that you love. You must go on. People will become an enemy that you were once married to. You must go on. You have to. You have to. You have to think people are going to come and go. And so John Mark was affected by this, and Paul and Barnabas actually separated later. Listen, they actually separated later, later and I'm thinking Barnabas was actually thinking of Paul. He'll never be friends with John again, but that's not true. He was. You actually pray that God will restore the relationship that's been stolen from you. Yes. You can even love your former spouse. There's a new show called Unspouse Your House. Have you seen it? Unspouse Your House. The key is you are married to the person. You don't want any trace of them in your house. Don't you remember walking down the aisle one day and go, she's the most beautiful thing that ever happened in the entire world. Her eyes are just full of stars. Just, oh, I just can't imagine life without her. You never know what's going to happen, do you? Never know. Never know. Are you going to be able to go on? Are you going to be able to go on? Because maybe you've had to experience things that were very hurtful, but God wants you to go on. I, I say that children are the, that are the product of divorce hurt. Yes, they do. They hurt. Our decisions are not decisions that we're making just for ourselves. I call John Mark the deserter. And I got to stop. There was one last person. Six more pages of notes. Peter is the most like me. I'm Peter's son. Not Owen. See, I'm in between Peter's son and Peter's sin. I'm sin. S-E-N. Following me? P-E-T-E-R-S-E-N. Yes. Peter was known more for his aggressive behavior that he was for his, than he was for the long obedience in the same direction because he got off the linear path quite a bit and too far off. You get too far off the path, it's really difficult to get back on. It is. Okay, let's close our eyes a moment.
See, we love the sound of victory more than we like the, the grind of discipline. We love the sound of victory. You're going to stay the course with God this morning, but you've got to be on the course. Anyone in this room, is there anyone in the room that says, if I died right now, I am not absolutely positive I'd go to heaven, Pastor. I just can't say with assurance. Raise your hand. That's me, Pastor. I cannot say with assurance I'm going to heaven. So everyone in here then is positive you're on your way to heaven. Raise your hand if you are. Absolute positive, okay? Nobody's looking around except me. You can put them down. It is something to think about. It's not something to be forced into. It's something to think about. Am I going to go to heaven when I die? Am I certain of this? Because the gospel is the good news that Jesus came to save you. How many people in the room know that today God spoke specifically about their direction and adjustments that need to transpire? Raise your hand. God spoke to me about some adjustments that need to take place in my life today, okay? A bunch. I pray right now, Father, that Satan would be bound. He's a liar. He's a thief. I pray right now in Jesus' name that victory would come to those who desire 